1: Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am Kathy Cook-Noble and I am going to share the next 55 to 60 minutes with you. And we are going to talk tonight about one of my favorite topics. And my friend out there is listening. Her name's Christine and I know I'm converting her over to a big fan of insurance. And she is going to be learning all about life insurance and how much fun it can be and how important it can be. So tonight, we're going to talk about life insurance. Before we do that, I think um, we should talk about me, and you should know who I am. (laughs) So during the day, I'm a financial advisor, and I also have a bookkeeping business. So we have a financial company, and we look after all the financial needs that people have. And the important part of that is, to me, getting people on track and getting people on a plan because there's a lot of people out there, and if you're one of them, um, you're in a good company because there's an awful lot of people out there who haven't got a plan, and a lot of them are just afraid of it. And being afraid of finances is probably the number one reason I have people call me or ask me questions. And when I used to teach in the college, I used to teach part-time just for fun at night to try and uh, educate people. And I actually started a series on finance and just understanding the basics of it. And that's really where it all started from because I saw the need with my students when I was in the faculty of business that they didn't understand the basic daily financial concepts or basic daily financial um, terms and uh, as far as investments and banking needs and life insurance like we're going to talk about tonight. Most people, their eyes glaze over and they kind of roll in the back of their head when I start to talk about life insurance because they think it's going to be this dry, boring topic. But the reality is it's, it's actually fun and exciting and there's so many cool pieces to it. And I'm going to be uh, sharing a lot more with you tonight about that. So if you're in the category where you, you aren't really comfortable with finance or you kind of glaze over a little bit or you, you're you hoping that you'll just wake up one day and it's going to be taken care of for you, then uh, this is the show for you because that's what we talk about here every week, every Monday night. We talk live and I encourage you to call in. Uh, our friends in the U.S., we encourage you to call in. Our friends in Canada, we encourage you to call in. Um, we also encourage you to join us. There's a chat room online that is live and you are welcome to comment you're welcome to ask questions if you're if you're shy and you don't want to call in and you want to join in the chat room that's great we'll share your questions because if you're thinking of something guaranteed somebody else is thinking of something too and they probably are thinking the same thing you are and i deal a lot with women and their fear is they don't like to sound or look stupid and that's one of the comments i get a lot well i feel i don't want to ask a stupid question i don't want to look dumb and you really don't. It's it's funny, when it comes to finance, I find that people are so much more nervous about how they're going to appear to somebody, and especially if you go in to see an advisor like me, and that's the one thing I encourage people when I start to talk to them for the first time is, there is never an opportunity for you to feel bad or awkward because I want to encourage people to understand their finances. Because I really believe that nobody cares more than you do about your money and more than you do about your finances. And that's important because you don't have to necessarily understand all the details of the metrics and how they calculate the different types of um, funds and what stocks are picked in them and what the portfolio managers do. You don't have to understand all that. You just need to understand where your money is and is it in the right, is it in the right Vehicle of investment for you. Is it something that makes sense for you? Are you in the right risk profile? Something that everybody can understand is what are you comfortable with? And I really believe that's the role of us in the industry to make you comfortable to understand your money and of course to, to help and show you how your money is going to grow and understand simple concepts that are very easy for everybody to, to understand and follow. So, That's what the show is about, and that's what we do every Monday night. We like to take a different financial topic and rip the Band-Aid off and take away the fear, and let's just talk about it straight up, because when all the fluff and all the TV razzmatazz is taken away, it's not that complicated. So we can all understand it. We're certainly in a position where we can understand it. We're all out there. We all have stuff, and it doesn't matter how big your stuff is, whether you have one house, two houses, whether you rent a house, whether you... Ride a bicycle, you drive a car, you have a boat. It doesn't really matter. Everybody's got a different level of stuff. And we all want to make sure that it's maximized on the investments and it's protected in our estate. And yes, you do have an estate. Everybody has one. And that's why we want to make sure that all your stuff that you work so hard your whole life for is protected and gets actually passed on to your family. So that's what we do on Monday nights. We talk about that. And during the day, that's what I get to do. Um, I have quite the, I have quite a good time doing it to be honest and uh I, I enjoy it a lot because I know what I do as an advisor is a lot of peace of mind and we want to make sure that everybody has peace of mind and understanding knowing that their stuff is protected and that their family is protected and that everything is just completely taken care of so that they can carry on and enjoy and be happy and not worry about anything. So that's a little bit about who I am, you're welcome at any time to uh, call in at the show or to join us in the chat room or you're welcome to contact me directly at Kathy and that's K A T H Y bookkeepplus.ca that's my work uh bookkeeping email that I that comes straight to me there's no there's nobody that's monitoring my emails I answer all mine myself and I'm happy to answer any questions or help people with any of their finances and whether you think it's big or small uh don't don't judge yourself and don't filter out yourself from getting help because you have thought of something that might not be oh, it might not be big enough or it might not be enough money, um whatever is yours is important to you, so it's important it should be important to your advisor so if you need to help or you have a question or anything, just get a hold of us because that's what we're here to do is help everybody to do better. So I know Christine is out there, and she is just itching to hear about life insurance because she knows how exciting it is, and that's what I want to share with you tonight. So insurance, when you think, when I say the term insurance, people, I I know you have an image that comes to your head. You think it's boring or, you know, it's it's morbid or it's scary. And that's only happens when I'm dead. And it's something that kind of makes you nervous to talk about because I might jinx myself if I get it. And that's just not the case. So insurance is for protection. And that is no different than your car or your house, or if you rent a place and you have content insurance, it's to protect what you have. So I know if you have a car and your car is worth $20,000 or $50,000, you're going to go out and get insurance, not just because the, the government says it's illegal for you not to, that's one reason, but the other reason you're going to go out and you're going to insure your $20,000 car is because you just invested $20,000 in something that you want to make sure is taken care of. Because if you got in an accident the week after you bought the car, you want to make sure that you're not out $20,000, right? So we go out and we get automotive insurance. And that's the same in the U.S. It's the same in Canada. I mean, we can talk about different kinds of automotive insurance. We can talk about deductibles and all that fun stuff. But the reality is we bought a car and we're going to go get insurance on it. And it's something easy we can measure, right? We bought a twenty thousand dollar car, so we're going to put twenty thousand dollars worth of insurance on it, basically. And then we go out and we buy a house, and our house is worth three hundred thousand dollars, or four hundred, or five hundred, or a million. It doesn't matter. Whatever your house is worth, you're going to buy insurance that's comparable, right? So if I bought a three hundred thousand dollar house, I'm not going to buy house insurance for a hundred and fifty. I'm going to buy it for three hundred. And if I'm renting an apartment, or if I'm renting a house, and I'm going to have content insurance then I'm going to have content insurance for $10,000, whatever the value of my content is. Because if something happened to my apartment or something happened to my house, and I had to replace the contents, and I'm sure we all know people who have had basins who have flooded or roofs who have had trees fall on them or um, they've had windows blow apart in different kinds of storms. And there's different kinds of damage that happens to your house. There's also damage that can happen to your contents. So we're going to insure it. $10,000 worth of content insurance is going to be for $10,000 worth of content. Makes sense, right? So how do we insure our lives? Because how do we figure out how much we put on life insurance? So I think that's one of the areas that people are afraid to deal with because then they have to quantify a dollar figure to say, well, how much is my life worth? Well, I'm going to just put it out there right now. There is no formula that's going to tell me what your life is worth, because everyone's life is invaluable. Like, you can't put a dollar value on it. Um, you know those commercials with the credit cards where they say, you know, trip to Disney World, $5,000, um, plane ride home, $1,000, you know, family happiness, priceless. Kind of the same thing with life insurance. And that's that's how your life is. It's priceless. You can't put a value on it. So when you think of it like that, and you get that out of your head right away, I think it takes a little bit of the pressure off to think, well, you know, what if I get a million dollars worth of life insurance and my neighbor gets $2 million worth of life insurance? Does that mean my neighbor's more valuable or more important than me? Not at all. It means the formula that we're gonna use is calculated um, to figure out what kind of coverage you need for different kinds of stuff. It's not about your life. So life insurance isn't really about your life. That's the way I like to think of it. Yes, it's covering your life, but it's not so much about your life. It's about all the stuff that needs to be replaced. So when we think of it like that, it's a little bit easier psychologically for us to deal with. So when we try and understand life insurance, we just want to say, okay, what kind of protection do we need? And is it permanent or is it temporary? Because those are the two different kinds of insurance. And we're going to talk about the difference between the two and what the why you would want one over the other. Because sometimes you just need temporary insurance. Sometimes you want permanent insurance. Sometimes your goals are different. So I might get a million dollars worth of life insurance on me. My neighbor might have $2 million. But my neighbor might have a a goal of leaving a million dollars to charity. And that's a fantastic way for my neighbor to be able to do that. So if that's the case, fantastic. And we all have these options to do. And it's all part of your financial plan. So what our life insurance policy is going to do is it's actually going to protect our family so anything happened to us so something and I'm going to use me as the example so nobody feels morbid or 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 jinxed or stressed out or anything but what we're looking for is the ability for your family to carry on and their life not to be interrupted if something were to happen so if something's going to happen to me my family I think it might be sad and my husband might be sad but I know that because we have life insurance on me he is going to be able to carry on and pay the bills and buy groceries and eat food and pay for the car and put gas in it. So th- that's really what we're doing. And that's really what we're trying to figure out when we figure out a- an amount of life insurance that we're going to put on you. We also need to figure out if you're insurable. And insurable means do you qualify? Because, you know, life insurance, is rated as it, as as it is and as fun of a topic as I think it is, it's actually a privilege. It's not a right. So a privilege is do you qualify for it? How much do you qualify for? And what kind do you qualify for? Because when you come in as a client to me, and I'm your advisor, and I figure out and you tell me what we go through your plan and you tell me what your goals are. And we work out whether or not you even need life insurance. And if you do, we figure out how much and what you qualify for and everything because it's actually a privilege. You can't not everybody is is, has the right to just go out and get uh, as much as they want, a total amount that they want at whatever time of day and whatever type of health insurance or whatever type of type of health that they're in. So their insurance is based on their health. Of course, we know that and no big secret. I don't think this is a spoiler alert or anything, but the big one is whether you're a smoker or not, because if you're a smoker, you can pretty much guarantee your, your premium is going to be, I would guess somewhere around 50% higher. So it's twice as much. And If you have twice as much to pay on your premium and you have a certain amount in your budget, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get as much coverage. So we're going to talk about how you calculate what you get for life insurance. We're going to talk about what kind of life insurance. We're going to talk about what's the different uses of life insurance and all that cool stuff and you know whether or not some things we'll look at about insurability. Um, And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. So if you have any questions or you want to call in, or you just want to email and say hey can you just tell me about something that I heard or what do you think about this please feel free to do we love having people call in and and ask questions or join us in the chat room and we will do our best to answer the questions for you. Uh, First we are going to go to our first break tonight and when we come back we'll start talking about the different types of insurance that you could come across. You are listening to Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble on the Inspired Choices Network and when we return we are going to talk about this super fun topic of life insurance and the different kinds of insurance that are out there. We'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613 8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are listening to the Inspired Choices Network. And today, our show topic is life insurance. Let's talk about life insurance and can we live without it. And can we understand how much fun it is? Because it's really cool when you start to see the things that it can do for you. And that's what I'm going to share with you. Before we went to the break, we were just talking about, um, the reasons really why people are avoiding fi- the topic of life insurance or maybe the misunderstanding they have that it's about ensuring the value of their life. And in reality, it's not where it's about ensuring what, what's going to be lost as far as income and financial Stability, like your job income or funeral expenses, and we're going to get into that. But it's really for the people that you're gonna, um, your family and your friends or a charity or whatever is important to you. It's really for protecting them, and it just happens to be you're the one that gets to give that gift to them. So there's different kinds of life insurance, but there's basically two categories. There's that's it. It's not complicated. There's two categories. That's it. There's term, and there's permanent. Term is essentially temporary because it just means that. It's for a term. It's whatever period of time there is. So the term could be 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, 30 years, whatever, 12 years. It's a certain period of time. That's the term. So permanent, guess what that is? That means it. it's it. That's it. It's in place. There's no expiry. It lasts for as long as you do. So it's sometimes the permanent insurance is referred to as a whole life, or it's referred to as a cash value insurance. And both of those are premiums that they pay on the face amount upon death, and they also have some very distinct differences, and I'm gonna tell you some of them. And one of the questions that we got is really a great question, and can you take life insurance policies out on other people? You can, actually. Um, now, don't be going getting excited because I know Christine's thinking out there. This is a new business for me. No, no, it's not. <laughs> you have to do it with their permission. <laughs> and sometimes they have to answer medical questions. And sometimes they have to qualify if uh, for different kinds of insurance if they don't qualify for medical, the medical. But yes, yes, you can definitely have insurance on other people. And I will actually share with you on one of the gifts that we gave our kids so i have four kids and i guess actually i'll tell you about it right now because uh we're just talking about that um and then we'll go back to the types of life insurance but clearly you know um based on the fact that i think life insurance is a fun topic that i'm a very cool person so based on that the kids all got life insurance one year for christmas and what we did was um We took out uh, what's called a universal life policy. And I'm going to share with you about that in just a minute what that is. It's a life insurance policy that's permanent and it has an investment portion to it. Another one of my favorite topics. So our four kids now got life insurance as a Christmas gift. And we put money in their policy every month. And dollar cost averaging, that's a whole other term. But it's basically where you're buying on sale when the market's down and you're getting excited when the market's up because you're still buying some of the shares in the investments. So what we do is the kids have their life insurance policy. It's in place and the very, very cool thing about it because it's permanent, um, that is something that they will always have. So I'm, I mean, I want them to be healthy and I want them to have wonderful, great fulfilling lives. And I don't want them to have to worry about the fact that they don't, you know, they have to get their affairs in order and plan for the future and all that. Like we started them off doing that. And the nice thing about doing it for them when they're young is that A, we're going to take advantage of the investment side of it really well because there's a lot of tax efficiencies. I'll talk to you about that. But the other cool thing is they're qualified now. That's it. It's over. You can't take it away. So no matter what happens, if they, if any of them become a diabetic or epilepsy, have epilepsy or whatever, if they get diagnosed, they can't lose their insurance and they can't raise their premium on there. That's it. They've got it. So it's really, really cool. Um, So that's one of the things I really like about it. And you can definitely take it out for other people and you can get it for, um, you know, different family members. Sometimes it's because the other family members can't afford it and you can afford it. So, or you're contributing to help other people. Like, Anybody can really pay for a life insurance policy, and we just have to answer a few questions to make sure that if you're going to be the beneficiary of it, which is the person who receives the funds, that things are done right. And that's where we want to make sure um, that we we do everything right and we set it up right. And that's the job of the advisor. So, yeah, you definitely can take it out on other people, and you can take it out on family members for other people, and there's certainly ways to, to do that. Um, I'll tell you, we've all probably heard of Harvard University. Uh it's kind of a well known university in the states, and they're uh they're pretty they produce a pretty smart bunch of people sometimes <laughs> and uh i'm I'm really impressed because they have a huge endowment fund where they take out policies on their graduating students and th- the way they've done a lot of their endowment is through life insurance, so it's also a way to continue to fund really great causes, and that's just an example of one but Let's talk about the different types of insurance, and then you'll we'll be able to talk about where it's suited best. So the term insurance, which is the temporary one, I like to say, um, it's it's a pure life insurance. That's it. It's a life insurance policy. You pay a certain amount of money each month or each year, depending on how you set it up. And there's what's called the face value, and that's how much the policy's worth. I pay, for example, i I pay $20 a month, and I'd get $250,000 worth of life insurance, depending on my age and smoking status and all that stuff. And if something were to happen to me, $250,000 gets paid out to the person that I named as the beneficiary, and it's tax-free, here's a check, there you go. That's how the, the temporary one works. Now, the temporary one is usually less than uh, the permanent one as far as the premium amount, which is the premium the amount you pay every month, or the amount that you pay every year, but most people pay on a monthly basis. So we're going to save monthly. So the premium is usually a little bit cheaper because it's not going to last as long and there's no investment side. It's straightforward. It's here's the insurance, 250,000. And at the end of 10 years, it's all done with the exception of you can renew it or you can convert it to permanent. But in 10 years, I'm going to be 10 years older. So guess what? My premium's going to be a little bit higher. So, that is something that you want to consider when you're doing your planning. Why are you doing term insurance? Well, why would you do term insurance? Well, you would do it if you had kids, for example, and you just wanted to have a policy that covered you while the kids were little. So if anything happened to you, then it would pay for their education or it would uh, help with some of the costs if the other parent had to stay home. And that would be something you might say, I'm going to need a policy for 20 years. It could also be, and I'm going to talk about mortgage insurance, but term insurance is the best alternative, in my opinion, to mortgage insurance. So term insurance would be, I have a mortgage, it's $200,000, I'm going to have it for 20 years or 30 years, whatever the case may be. That's the policy I'm going to have. A term 20 or a term 30, it's going to cover that, right? So the, um, the nice thing about the term is you know exactly how long it's going to last and exactly how much it is. Now, if you miss a payment, then you get canceled because you pay, you have the coverage, you don't pay, you don't have the coverage. It's straightforward. It's simple. The, um, the premiums are, are typically a lot less in terms of, um, cost than the permanent ones are, but it depends on the age you get too, because the permanent ones, I mean, for our kids, they're pretty affordable. I mean, they were all pretty young when we started it. So, you know, the the premiums aren't terribly expensive, but, um, as you get older and right now, none of them are smokers. And if they're listening, none of them better ever become, but the, uh, the, the nice thing about being a non-smoker is the policy is significantly, uh, significantly cheaper than what a smokers would be. Now that's a term policy. And we'll talk about why I say, I think it's better than a mortgage insurance. So mortgage insurance, is obviously we know what a mortgage is. So let's say we went out and we bought a house and we get a mortgage on our house and the mortgage person says we need to put insurance on that mortgage. And a lot of people say, Oh, okay. Because if something happens to me, um, what's going to happen to my house, right? Well, the mortgage will be paid off. So they, they figure out that it's going to be a $200,000 mortgage and you're going to pay, certain amount of money every month, let's call it $60 just for fun, and it's $60 a month that you're going to pay for 20 years, and if anything happens to you in that 20 years, your mortgage is paid out. Well, in 20 years, your mortgage is decreasing, right? So, I mean, hopefully, that's the plan. That's how it's supposed to be working. So every year, you're paying less in a mortgage because you're paying it off. So at the end of 20 years, it's paid for, and that's great. You owe nothing. Now, if something happens to you at at year 18, you don't have $200,000 owing on a mortgage, but you're still paying that same $60 or whatever you're paying a month in mortgage insurance. So if at the end of 18 years, you only have $25,000 owing, well, you've been paying as if you've had a mortgage for the whole 20 years at $200,000. That's why I say I prefer the term policy program to it rather than the mortgage insurance. There's also the possibility that It's not underwritten until after you die, which means then they evaluate whether you qualified. Um, there's a declining benefit that I just mentioned. The beneficiary is not your family member. It's not your, it's not your charity. It's not somebody that you named. It's the person who holds the mortgage. So they're the ones that get the money. Um, you can't transfer it like term policy. If I change mortgages or I move and I sell my house and, Canada and I moved to the United States, I can still take my my insurance policy with me but I can't take it if it's on a mortgage. Um, it doesn't uh, necessarily do a proper needs analysis for you because they're just looking at your mortgage, not looking at your whole overall plan and it's not really looking at consolidating all your other needs. It's just looking at your mortgage and when we talk about the other needs i'm going to get into other needs that you'll be looking after or looking at to figure out what you need for insurance, so the best i think your best alternative if you're going to have a mortgage and you should have it insured, but it should be done with a term policy so I'll use my husband and I as an example so if we were to go out and get a mortgage we go out, let's pretend we went out today and bought a house and the mortgage is two hundred thousand dollars in our example, I would not get mortgage insurance. I would get a policy. A term policy for twenty years on me, and I would get a term policy for twenty years on him because if something were to happen to either one of us that that is a fixed amount of money. so our mortgage of two hundred thousand that I'm covering that term policy is for two hundred thousand so if something happened to me at year eighteen, it's still worth two hundred thousand, and that gets paid to whoever my beneficiary is so in this case, my husband's his name's Todd so If something were to happen to me, it gets paid to Todd, tax-free, fairly soon and straight out to him in one lump sum, here's the check for $200,000 and there you go. Pay off the mortgage, don't pay off the mortgage, go on a trip, sell the house, buy a boat, do whatever you want, it's your money. So that's why I like it much better. It's more flexibility and I know it's covering my family and it's going to them. Whether they do anything with it, you know... Go on a trip, go on a, you know, go on a cruise, whatever they want to do, buy a boat. I don't, it's up to them. But that's their money, 100%. It's tax-free. They make the decisions with it. Because the reality is if something happens to me and mortgage gets paid off because I have mortgage insurance, well, guess what? I still have, there's still property taxes. There's still groceries to be paid for. There's still grass that needs to be cut. You know, the dogs still need to have food bought. So those are all things that I like to put the control into the the family members' hands. And that's why it's important when you're planning to figure out what your actual needs are, and then you can help determine what kind of insurance. So that's generally what term insurance is. We're going to go to our second break tonight, and we come back. Let's talk about permanent insurance, because honestly, I know my buddy Christine's thinking that was super cool, and that's a lot of fun. Wait till you hear about how cool permanent insurance is. So we're going to talk about that when we come back after the break. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cusnoble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue to talk about life insurance and can you live without it? We'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. On Inspired Choices This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the US 815 880 Canada 613 8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and this is the Inspired Choices Network. Today, we are talking about life insurance. And before we went to break, we were just having a lot of fun talking about term insurance and temporary insurance and how that works. So... Now, I know you're all, I'm sure, on the edge of your seat waiting to hear about the permanent stuff. Okay, so term's great, but it's going to expire. And there's a good chance that you can't get insurance after a certain point in your life, by a certain age. And a lot of the times, if you, your term insurance, you can't get sometimes past age 70. It just depends on the company and what you're looking for. But permanent insurance, that's a whole different ballgame. So permanent insurance is, that's it. It's yours. So when I was telling you about my kids, um, it's permanent. So we bought them permanent insurance. We bought them what's called a universal life policy. And that means it's theirs to do with what they will when they're older. And eventually we'll sign it over and they'll take it over. And it will be all theirs to change the beneficiary to a charity or when they get married to their spouse or kids or whatever the case may be. It's theirs to, to have themselves set up as part of the beginning of their financial plan. So permanent insurance is just that. So it's it's permanent. It's That's it. We put it in place. You keep it forever. Whole life is probably one of the most popular types that most people out there would know of, especially in Canada. And the permanent insurance, I'm going to say it's a little more complicated than the term, but it's not complicated where we can't understand it. Term's pretty straightforward. You get term 10. It's for 10 years. There you go. End of story. Permanent is a little more complicated than that. It has insurance but it's also got this cool side called investing and that's where you can put a little bit of money and you can have it grow and sometimes when you have the right advisor and they do it right you can also do it tax very tax efficiently so that's what you want to do where you can access your money and I don't want to say that it's always this way but there are ways to do it tax-free which may be two of the favorite words that you can put together tax-free so Whole life is a coverage with no time limit. So the premiums are generally set for life. And sometimes you'll see it to age 100. But really, if you live to be 110, it's still in place. It's permanent. So at the time of the purchase, it means that it's not going to be increased. So once you get it set up, it's in place. It's yours. That's it, which is really nice. You can plan for the rest of your financial plan because you now know what you're doing. So initially, though, you pay a little bit more than you would with a term policy because it's permanent, and because a lot of the time, what happens is you're paying a little bit more than what you actually need to be paying for the insurance. But the different goes into the difference of it goes into a reserve, which is used to cover the higher premiums in the future years. So ideally, you want to pay a fixed rate amount for the month, and you want to get it to the point where you say you don't have to pay. I always like to work at age 65 because that's most most of the times when people like to retire. So I like to say, okay, if we fund this policy until age 65, which means how much money do we have to put in every month until age 65 to have the policy paid for and have enough money in the investment that it it continues to keep the policy funded alive? Because the reality of it is the policy, you're paying insurance on it every year, just like the term policy, but because it's inside of this, whole life or universal life policy, the investment is actually funding the insurance. So your money's invested, it's making money, it's growing, and then it's being used to fund the invest- fund the insurance, so it's always in place. So that's a really cool part about it. Um, it's also used to generate what's called a cash value. <clears throat> so this is where it's actually, you know how we say life insurance is for who you leave it behind? This is actually for you. So the cash value is available to you in a number of different ways so you have you can borrow from the insurer which is usually up to about 90 percent of the balance you can use it to pay your premiums for a while you can take what's called a premium holiday and the investments will pay for that or um you can convert this cash value into income and actually get the cash for yourself like card uh cold hard cash right in your hands. and if you cancel the policy, you can get the cash surrender value out, depending on how you do it and the years you do it in. So there's a lot more opportunities to do stuff with the permanent insurance, and that's a whole life policy. There's also stuff called universal life that I mentioned. That came out in 1982, and this is a type of policy that keeps the savings and the insurance component completely separate. And within that, you can decide how much or how little you want to pay into that reserve or that investment side. And even a single, if you pay a single premium, you could fund the entire policy, you can put chunks of money into it every year, there's a there's a there's a cap amount that you can put on it. Because as you can imagine, if you have a lot of money, this would be a great opportunity to put a lot of money away and have it grow very tax efficiently. So they put a limit on it. And they say you can't put more than X amount a year into this policy. But let's be honest, it's a really good limit that they give you. So it's, it's okay. (laughs) Um, And if you use it, that's a great strategy for um, investing too, because it's part of your investment plan, right? And you have a choice over how these reserves are invested, and you can withdraw cash from it, uh, not just borrow cash against it, you can adjust the premium, you can adjust the face value, say you want more money that on the insurance side. uh, It's it's really the universal life came out from, I don't know if you know this term because it goes back into the 70s, but it used to be buy term and invest the difference. That was always an argument that went around in the 70s with investments and life insurance and so forth. So it would be buy term insurance and invest the difference from what the permanent insurance would be. Universal life is kind of the answer to that. And they say um, you get your life insur- your universal life insurance because you're also doing the investment side of it too. So that's really what that is. Um, there's also something called a term to 100. It's also permanent. I know it says to 100, but it's permanent. You pay a fixed level premium and you receive coverage to age 100. So this would be sim- more similar to a term policy, but making it fixed to age 100. So of course the premium is probably going to be a little bit higher. Um, it doesn't have a cash value, so it's more like a term policy like that. And it's sometimes re- sometimes it's described as a stripped down version of the whole life policy. And it's less expensive than the whole life policy. And it became more popular when it was introduced in 1979. That's just a little bit of trivia for you in case that ever comes up. Not sure what trivia party you'd be at, but if it does, the term to 100 came up in 1979. And it was about 8% of all the new policies that were sold in Canada in 1997. So it's increasing in its popularity, but still it's, it's really just a permanent, it's like a permanent term policy. How about that? So it goes to age 100. So those are the main types. So you've got your term, which is absolutely temporary, pay one, there's the face value, that's that. You've got permanent, which is whole life and universal life. The whole life isn't as flexible as the universal life. You've got uh a term to 100, which is permanent, but it's got more of a feel of the term one with the permanent permanency in place for it without the investment side of it. So it saves a little bit on the face value. So now that we know the different kinds, we need to know if we qualify. Because does everybody qualify for insurance? Well, not necessarily. Yeah, there's different companies out there where you can get stuff called guaranteed issuance, which means you're guaranteed to get it. Of course, the premium value is going to be higher, right? So if you don't qualify under the traditional stuff, you're probably probably could do something but it's going to you're going to pay a little bit more for it. And does everybody need it? Like what if you're a stay-at-home parent, do you need life insurance? What if you're single and you have no kids, do you need life insurance? These are all questions that you want to look at and talk to your advisor about. So when we sit down, I look at them, I'm like, "Okay, well if you're a stay-at-home parent, there's a good chance you're staying home with kids. So what would happen if something happened to you?" So if you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad and something happened to you, the kids need childcare somebody needs to probably clean your house and look after it somebody needs to um help with the 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 running of the household so that could be a huge replacement the childcare alone is really expensive and we know that a stay-at-home mom and any of the statistics you look at it it really calculates out to over $100,000 a year at, to value a stay-at-home parent so there's very good chance that they could use some form of life insurance. Single people, it depends. Again, um, what's the purpose that they have it? Is there a parent or a sibling that's needing their assistance that if something were to happen to them, they got to look after them? Do they have a friend or relative that they're on the hook with, that they co-signed a loan for, that they want to make sure that it gets paid off? Um, Or is it, you know, like our kids, that you're thinking, hey, when they get a little bit older, They can make the decisions themselves, but we're going to give them the tools right now to say, when you have your own family, you have the protection in place, and there you have it. So that's a good way to start off when you're younger, thinking, well, one day I might get married, I might have kids, so it's super cheap for me to get it now when I'm young, so I'll start now. Um, Could be that you're in a business and you have a partnership and you want to protect the business. It could be that, you know, one of my favorite things is you want to take advantage of some tax benefits and look after that. Some people might want to leave a legacy, see their name in life, put it on a building, donate to charity. That's great, too. And this is another great way to do it. So when we figure out whether or not you need life insurance, we want to see what you would be needing it for and what your plan is. So those are the main types of insurance, the term, the whole life, the universal life, the term to 100. Those are your main ones. And then we're going to figure out why do you need it. And we'll also talk about how much you need and it's going to be, I'm going to show you like a simple, simple way to figure it out. I look at four things. I look at your debt. I look at your income replacement needs. We look at your mortgage. And we look at education. So for those of you that like acronyms, which we did, a I think we did that a couple shows ago. And we talked about all the different acronyms in uh, finance. This is another one, the DIME method. That's an acronym for debt, income, replacement, mortgage, and ex- And uh, expenses, or sorry, education. So that figures out your four different types of expenses you need and the life insurance that you would need to cover it. So we'll talk about how we calculate that and the different little pieces that go with it. It's pretty self-explanatory, but we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about um, how we calculate life insurance and the different uh, estimators that I use to calculate what the life insurance needs are for people. So... That will be a topic after the break and we will talk about, um, the last thing we'll talk about is just when the right time is to go about and get your insurance. So it's different for everybody, obviously, but we'll talk about that and when you want to go out and get it. Because not not all parents are as cool as uh, my husband and I, and you know, buy life insurance as Christmas gifts. So we will be talking about that when we get back from a break. Um, you are listening to Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network and we'll continue after the break talking about life insurance, we'll be right back
0: too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt, we're scared confused and don't know who to talk to 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. Canada 613 800 8736 or Skype us at Inspire Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook Noble on the Inspire Choices Network, and today our show topic is life insurance. Do you need it? Can you live without it? Let's talk about it and break all those myths off. So before we went to break, we were just wrapping up the different kinds of life insurance. And I started to explain to you and give you my secret formula, which I'm going to share with you on how you figure it out. So it's pretty simple. And what I do, you know, people get confused because some... Advisors will pull up stuff and make it look really complicated, and there's formulas and charts and Excel spreadsheets, and all that looks impressive, but let's just figure out nice and simple for us, right? Life insurance needs estimator. Fancy way of saying how much do you need. So the simple method I told you before was the dime method. Let's say, what are your debts, okay? So if you have credit card, if you have personal loans, if you have tuition from student loans, car loans, boat loans, whatever your loans are, if you have any money owing, line of credit, whatever, <clears throat> If you have an emergency fund reserve that you need, so say you had some medical expenses that you wanted to have a reserve for or um, emergency fund for anything unexpected, like if the car blew up or the needed a new roof on the house or whatever it is, you could work that in. Final expenses, that's income tax, that's probate fees, that's lawyers' commissions and fees, accounting fees, administrative commissions, funeral costs. You know, if you're like me and you want to have fireworks at your funeral and you want to have um a, you know a a big barbecue and a buffet of all your favorite foods, um then you want to work that into how much the, the expense is going to be, right? So it depends on what you want. If you're going to fly a band in for your funeral, then you know figure out the cost. So that's your that's your debt. That's what you're going to figure out. The income is you're going to figure out what the income replacement is. So if you're if there's two of you and you're figuring out okay well if I make 50,000 a year and you make 60,000 a year then how many years of income replacement do we need because if you have young kids and I'm going to be home with the kids for 10 years or you're going to be home with the kids for 10 years however that might look then you're going to figure out how many years I have to replace the income of a person that's lost okay So that's the income part of it the mortgage part pretty straightforward do you have a mortgage if you did how much would it be to pay it off there you go and education that's pretty straightforward if you have kids how many kids do you have is it going to cost $10,000 a year for post secondary education it's typically 4 years so two kids times $10,000 times 4 years is your education plan so you're working that 80 grand into your your number And then you just add it up and you say, okay, so how much debt, how much income replacement, how much is my mortgage, how much education do I need for the kids? And that's how much insurance you probably need. So then you look at, okay, well, that works out to a million bucks. Then how much is a million bucks in term? How much is a million bucks in universal life? And do I want permanent? Do I want temporary? Or guess what? You can have some permanent and some temporary. How cool is that? There's flexibility, not just within the plans, but within the types of insurance you can have. So you can actually take a permanent plan and say, out of that million bucks, I want 400,000 to be permanent and 600,000 just needs to be temporary because that's going to cover off the kids. So until the kids are 18 and out of the house and their education funds set up and that then I won't need as much income replacement. I won't need the education. So you know what? I might only need temporary. So that's how you can break it up. There's a lot of flexibility. And that's what I like to look at with people is they say, okay, what do we need it for? And how does this fit into the plan? And then you start to look at it and you say, okay, well, how do we make this work? And then of course we have to consider um, what the monthly fees are and how it fits into your budget. And all the pieces come together really nice, like a really fun, cool little puzzle. So that's, that's life insurance and the um the other thing you want to look at with life insurance is when we didn't talk about this today because it's not really applicable to everybody um everybody can do that formula everybody can figure it out but um businesses this is a fantastic way for you to plan for estate planning for tax planning for legacy giving for uh, charity work, I know I do uh, I sit on a couple boards, and one of the charities I work with is our, our St. Thomas Hospital. And it's a great way. If you wanted to leave money to the hospital, then you can leave money to the hospital or whatever charity is your choice. Uh, there's a, The other great thing that the super wealthy do is they transfer wealth to the next generation. So if you wanted to leave wealth and build wealth for the next generation life insurance is another great way to do it because it's a guarantee payout amount because you know how much the face value is going to be so you know that so there's all kinds of really neat things that the life insurance does and it's really it can be helpful business with businesses with partnerships Um, there's key man insurance so if you have an employee that's that's really integral to the the organization and it could be, say, it's a salesman, that if something happened to the salesman, then the company would really suffer. That's something called key insurance you could put on them. These are all different terms for life insurance. Like, let's be honest, key man insurance is life insurance on a key person in the company. Partnership insurance is for partners in the company. So those are all things that you look at when you sit down with your advisor. And these are all the questions that they will ask. Why do you want it? What's the purpose? Where are we going? You know, what's our plan for the future? Type those kind of questions. So hopefully that made life insurance a little more fun and took a little bit of the, uh, the, the fear away from it, I guess, because I know a lot of people are a little bit of afraid of it, but it's really not anything to be afraid of. Just look at it as another tool for your financial plan that you can use for the betterment of your family and your loved ones, your charity of choice. Uh, if you want to do anything, you don't have to. These are all options. And the nice thing is they're options that you control. So this is just another tool that you use with your whole overall financial plan. And that's the way I look at it. It's just another great opportunity for you to to take advantage of uh, tax planning, take advantage of wealth planning if you want, and take advantage of legacy, take advantage of estate planning. It's really just got a whole lot of really cool things to it. So next week, I want to talk to you about our great show. So I have a guest coming on. and Her name is Lori Hawkins. And she is one of the most amazing business people that I have had the pleasure to get to know and work with. And she started what's called the SOAR Community, S-O-A-R. And and the SOAR Community is a a place where you get a deeper connection to people. It's a a monthly live event. I know it's in Ontario, but it's also got an online presence. And we'll hear more about that from Lori. She has been uh, very successful in business. She's worked big corporately for big corporately and she's helped businesses succeed and, and stay in business. And the SOAR community came out of a passion of hers to, to help women and entrepreneurs find a place where they could come together and share ideas and focus on building their business and focus on building their relationships and helping other referral partners and women. So. I'm really excited to have Lori Hawkins on. She's from Hawk Inspired. It's her company. And the SOAR Academy is the group that she's launched this year, actually. And it's just been a phenomenal success. And it's just fantastic. And I know I've talked to a bunch of different people that have attended. And they've just talked, to, been really impressed and happy about how it's been changing their life and increasing and improving everything. So next week, we will see you and introduce you to Lori Hawkins. See you all then.
0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.